Hello and welcome to the Unhustle podcast, where we have conversations about mindset, habits, practices, and experiences about how to unhustle so you can get out of being always busy, overworked, and overwhelmed and create a simpler, healthier, and more meaningful life. I'm Milena Rigos, your podcast host, a hustling digital marketing strategist turned mindful entrepreneur and creator of the Unhustle movement. Welcome. Today on the Unhustle show, I interviewed Garrett Carlson, a burnout teacher who decided to create a new career for himself, and he started Dude Fluencer, a men's magazine for the 21st century male. Garrett connects with male millennials through his writing, videos, and podcasts addressing masculinity in a way that represents the new American male, defining yourself as an individual rather than adhering to generations of expectations. Garrett and I met online and I'm very impressed with what he is doing and I wanted to share his story with you. Here's Garrett. Hi Garrett, welcome to the Unhustle podcast. I'm super excited to spend a few minutes with you today and talk a little bit about your story and Dudefluencer. Yeah, thank you, I'm super excited. So why don't we start a little bit with your story? You shared a little bit of that with me um, when we talked last time, but I really want to bring that to the audience. And I want you to take us from where you were um, a teacher to starting Dudefluencer. Yep. Uh, so I started in education around six years ago, seven years ago, and I fell in love with it right away. And I thought I would be completely 100% involved in education for the rest of my life. I I wasn't planning on doing anything different. Um, But then slowly after my first maybe three three years or so, I suddenly kind of just felt really disinterested in teaching anymore. Uh, And it was one of those things where I was able to recognize that I was a good teacher and I wasn't doing a good enough job. So something must've been wrong. Um, And I didn't quite pick up what it was yet. So I ended up switching schools and getting a full-time position as a creative writing teacher at an art school, which is to me as a writer, uh, a dream job. You can't really get much higher than that. Uh, I did everything I could possibly ever think of in terms of accolades. Uh, I won teacher of the year, my first opportunity. So after five years, you're allowed to enter. Uh, So pretty much everything I could have ever wanted, I had achieved. And I still wasn't happy. I was tired. I was napping. I was, my wife will tell you how grumpy I was all the time. Uh, And I realized after a while that I had just become really, really burnt out. And it was really tough for me to admit at first. It was something that I knew inside. And I had recognized early on in my fifth or sixth year. And it was hard for me to admit that I had been burnt out. I felt like I was a failure. Mm. What were some of the symptoms you had? I mean, you just mentioned a few, but but what what were they? Can you like pinpoint some, and then can you say why do you think um, that happened? Were you like working really long hours, or simply different reasons? So, in terms of symptoms, 
Usually it would be, I would get to work around 7.30, be home by three, which are really good hours, but I'd get home at three and sleep till five. Um, and it wouldn't be just a every once in a while thing. It suddenly became every single day I'd come home, go to sleep. Um, and that was the result of just sort of overworking. I had been teaching six different classes. So not just sort of one class six times a day, but six completely different classes. So I had to come up with six different lesson plans every single day. And after a while, it just got really, really exhausting. Um, And so it was a lot of sleep. Also, I ate really, really poorly. I, there's a, so there's two things. Uh, on the way to work, there was a Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> so I would always tell myself, oh, I'm stressed. You know, I'll just get a donut. It'll make me feel better. And then once I realized it was every single day I was getting donuts, that there's probably a problem there. Uh, a little sugar on, addiction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then on the way back, there was a McDonald's, which I did the same thing. I would eat donuts in the morning, McDonald's on the way home. And I just knew that I had no energy. I was unhappy. I never talked about anything I enjoyed doing with the job anymore. It was just always complaining. It was always really negative. So once you realize that, like at some point in time, when was the day that you said, I have a problem? Well, I probably said that a couple of times before I really decided... (laughs) I was done teaching. Uh, There was, I think the big moment for me was I had been working on really sort of creating this program and separating it out in a different way. So I would have multiple teachers, almost like a college curriculum sort of thing. And the administration said, well, we're, they told me earlier in the year, we're going to do it. And it would have been great because it would have lifted a lot of the pressure off of me. Whereas being the only creative writing teacher, that meant I would be the only one who could stay after school. I was the only one who had to attend the award shows. So anything for, in terms of creative writing, I needed to be there. And when I asked to sort of shift a little bit to get a little bit of that pressure off of me, and they said, no, that was really the moment when I realized I just can't do this anymore. And I realized it wasn't the school or even the county. It was the career itself. All right. So now you have this awareness that you can't do this anymore. And then what happened? So I went on my bachelor party, um, which was (laughs) just a perfect escape. And it gave me four or five days to really just have a clear head and make sure that I knew I was making the right decision because I didn't know anything else. This was, this was my first real career. And if you go to college to be an English teacher, there's not a whole lot of other career movement you can make from there. So I took the week and I told my wife and my wife was very happy. Uh, she, she knew that I needed to leave teaching way before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's normally the case other people can see it before we can see it 
Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. My wife knows everything. <laughs> and she loves you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I took that week, realized that I didn't want to teach anymore and didn't tell anybody. I wanted to wait until a little bit closer to the end of the school year because I didn't want my students finding out before I could tell them. Um, and I wanted to be, the first person I wanted to tell was my principal. Um, he was always really straightforward with me and I felt it was the right thing to do. So I waited a little bit and in mid-May, I, I sat down with him and I let him know that I'm not coming back next year. How did he take it? He he got more emotional than I expected. Uh, he he seemed a little sad, um, not 100% surprised. Our entire English department, when we got hired, a large number of those teachers have left already. And burnout is really the case for, for all of them. It's It's hard opening a new school to begin with. And when there's sort of this internal pressure to stay late or pick up every extracurricular activity you can, plus all of the other things that happen in education, um, it gets pretty easy to be burnt out. I'm interested, have you done some research or read some statistics with regards to how high burnout is among teachers? Yeah, yeah, they, it's actually really funny. When, at least in my county, they went through a sort of chart for first-year teachers, and this graph showed that it is very common for first-year teachers to be burnt out. And they have this calendar where September, you're excited, October, you're excited, November, you're done, <laughs> December, it's even worse. You get your winter break. January, you're excited again, but by February, you're just waiting till, you know, spring break and it's a cycle and that's how they introduce you to the field. Like that's your, that's your first thing before you even get into a classroom. They tell you that you're probably going to be burnt out. Wow. Yeah. Um, most teachers, if they leave the field, they leave it within the first five years. So I'm and a little bit how many beyond. Years you stayed? I stayed six. Six. So. A so little bit right beyond a statistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could have left after five. Right, right. So then what happened? You went to your bachelor's party and cleared your head. Yep. Uh, I had no plans. I had no idea what I was going to do. It was really exciting and really scary. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. It was exactly what I needed. I had finished a program at Johns Hopkins University for a nonfiction writing. And I loved writing and I began to explore what it means to be a man and masculinity. And over time, I kept writing these pieces, exploring friendship and community and doing all of this research on just modern masculinity. And suddenly over the summer, I'm kind of just playing around, I'm applying to jobs, just, I have no idea what I want to do. My wife and I were driving to our wedding venue 
And she do- jokingly uses the phrase dude fluencer. And I, I love loved it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. And I'm like, this is perfect. What am I going to do with it? I have no <laughs> idea. So what are you doing now with dude fluencer? So Dude Fluencer is an online men's magazine that we focus mostly on three things for masculinity. Uh, we champion vulnerability, introspection, and this it's vulnerability, introspection, and empathy. And really what the goal is, is to take a look at what masculinity is and really start to have a conversation about what it can be because the discussions around feminism have been going on for 50, 60, 70 years. They've really had a chance to have a dialogue and communication about what it means to be a woman. On the opposite end of the spectrum, men have really struggled with just communicating, period. So I want to add another voice into that conversation and hopefully use the lessons that I learned growing up and help young men not make the same mistakes that I did. And how's it going so far? It's going great. I'm, I'm super happy. I, I get to meet super interesting people. Uh, and I've learned a lot about my work ethic. I don't work a traditional 40-hour week. I tend to pick my spots when I'm most creative. So... Usually Monday and Wednesdays are really, really good days for me. So I might work a little bit longer of a day. Thursday, Friday, I might not feel creative if I've spent the past two days just writing a really long piece. So I'll just take, the, take a break and then pick up some hours Saturday, Sunday. And it's made such a big difference. I'm sleeping better. I'm not taking naps. I'm less grumpy. It's just made such a big difference for me. That's great. You know, I've never heard uh, somebody say that like certain days are more creative for them. Normally it's, you know, the, the part of the day. It's like mornings or evenings or afternoons. And normally people I hear want to work fewer hours in a day, but then they want to do that consistently across the week. So it's interesting to hear you talk about your creativity being on Mondays and Wednesdays and on the weekend you do a bit of work and then you take Tuesdays, Thursdays off? Yeah. Or I'll just work maybe in the morning a little bit. It's, it really is dependent on, I'm a big believer in flow. And Mm -hmm. if I'm really feeling that flow on Monday and I'm just really working hard, I believe that I take a lot of sort of creative energy to, to write, and make sure something is as good as it can possibly be, it does kind of take some of that energy out. And I want to make sure that I'm continuously putting out good work and stuff that I'm proud of. And that might just not be able to happen if I'm, you know, feeling I need to get something out now, 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 all the time. So taking those breaks has been really, really beneficial to just the writing process. Well, now that you mentioned flow, um, this is a very hot topic within hustle because obviously if you want to work less, um, you need to also work better. So flow, achieving that state of flow is critical. 
So why don't we dive a little bit deeper into that topic? What are, do you have certain practices that you do to get into that state of flow? And then when you're not working, what are you doing to recharge? So I think it'll be easier for me to talk about what I'm, when I'm not technically working. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is just sort of create. So that is when I tend to play around with just learning new skills. I, I love learning how to be a better video editor or learn how to edit audio for podcasts. Um, so when I'm not working, I'm trying to find a way to just grow as a person. And that's something that really fills me with energy and gets me excited. And are these, all of these um, learning skills, are they all tying you back to a computer or are some of them in more outside of the computer zone? Uh, not everything. Uh, I do like to spend a lot of time reading too. If I'm struggling to be motivated in writing, I, I realize that I'm always in sort of one of two areas when it comes to the written word. I'm either really focused in writing and doing really good work, or I'm completely depleted and I'm in reading mode, which means I just need to keep reading. And that is something else that can really give me a good recharge. And when you read, what do you read? I tend to read nonfiction. I love memoir, um, personal essays, but... I try to really avoid things that actually talk about masculinity. I, I want to find something different and learn as much from different writers as possible and all of those different techniques. Great. Any other tips for how to work in flow? So I'm someone who really believes in, I, I know when I am in flow because I'm really excited about whatever project I'm working on and I'm always coming up with new ideas for it. And it's just as important for me to know when I am in flow than when I'm not. And when I'm not, I'm not productive. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. And I find myself just taking more breaks, you know, for every excuse possible, taking the dog out every 10 minutes yeah, typical uh, procrastinating thing, which is a flow blocker, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, it was really, really important to figure out when I was in that mode. I do tend to work better in the mornings. I think I'm just a morning person. And I will know that I am engaged with whatever I'm doing when I get that tunnel vision, when I have all of my notes in front of me and I know from one section to the next where I'm going with whatever piece of writing I'm doing. Yeah, you're a good writer and I've seen you write. So <laughs> I know you can do it and you know you can get into that state of flow. Well, thank you so much, Garrett. Um, is there anything else you want to share with uh, the Hustle community? No, I, I am so appreciative of the work that you do. I, oh, thank you. I think it is so critical and important for a lot of young people to understand that hustle, hustle culture isn't all that there is. And it just means a lot to me that you and your website and your program exist. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I really look forward to staying in touch with you online and, and seeing more progress with your work and building your community. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. <laughs> I appreciate that. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye. You just heard Garrett Carlson and his story about how he started Dude Fluencer. I love his story and I hope you did too. Connect with me at Anhaso on Instagram and let me know your biggest takeaway from today's episode. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review. I would love to hear what you think of it. And if you have any guest suggestions, please let me know. You can find me at unhustle.com. Also, check out the new Unhustle Morning Practices online course, which is a combination of ancient and modern practices designed to prime you for a state of flow so you can work less and get more done. Since it's summertime, it's really a good time to start a few new health habits to get you into this prime high-performance state. This is exactly what I do so I can work no more than 30 hours a week and still get my work done. And you can do it too. It's really, really simple. I walk you through every single practice. You can get details about it at unhustled.com. Until the next time, stay healthy and unhustled.